It is Monday on Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand, Patrick Royce here as well. Patrick, um, I don't know if uh, I don't know what to say about the football we watched this weekend, um, but I better figure it out soon because we got to talk about it for a while. Um, Vikings again managed to make something way harder than it needs to be. They get a win. Um, not sure if it was a culture win or not. We'll get to the Gophers in Nebraska in a little bit as well. Talk about old friend Eddie Rosario. Um, also, and maybe some Timberwolves and Wild since those seasons are either just begun or about to begin. But my goodness, Patrick, I don't know how much of the Vikings game you managed to watch on Sunday, but it, it was like, it's kind of funny because I, I said last week, like about the only thing they learned about the only thing they probably could have learned from that Detroit game is let's never do it again. And then they did it again. Basically they had, it was almost the exact same finish. I uh, gotta say that uh, uh, I, I watched almost all of it. And uh, I gotta say that they much, they dominated that game much uh, more decisively than they did the Detroit game. They, they played yes. terrible against Detroit and, you know, we're going to, we're going to win anyway until this calamitous thing happened at the end. And then uh, Joseph makes the kick, but yesterday they ran the ball when they wanted to, they threw the ball when they wanted to, they put big pressure on Darnold. They made him look terrible. And somehow it's 28 to 28. I don't get it. They, uh, they just, uh, it, it was uh, amazing. And, uh, you know, they, you know, they won the toss and went down and scored in no problem. Just like they, just like all day long, they, they moved the ball. And it was, it was just incredible that they were, that they somehow figured out a way to, uh, you know, get into overtime. I, I said that uh, on Twitter, I guess, later on, I was thinking about it. The NFL is amazing in the sense that uh, the, the closeness of the games, because the Vikings outplayed them by 17 points. You know, it should have been 31 to 14, 27 to 10. Yes. And they're in overtime, but the, somehow the NFL figures out that, you know, 80% of their games end up being decided in the last three, four minutes. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible to me. And that game is example. A. I mean, I hated Darnold when I, when I watched him, I hated his receivers. My God, Robbie Anderson should have been released. And then he ends up making a big catch. Uh, it was, uh, it was just a brutal performance. And uh, and yet the Vikings had to, uh, you know, win the toss and run, run, you know, march down and get a touchdown to to win the game. It was uh, it was incredible. Absolutely. That the Vikings found themselves in that mess again. But when it's over, they're three and three and they got a week off. So I guess they're uh, they can they can the season has been rescued with two mysterious performances the last two weeks. It's a, it's a, but they were a good looking football team yesterday until the last three minutes or whatever it was that they had. What are they led by 10 with how much time? Tw- yeah, it was 20. It was 28. 11. Yeah. It was 28, 17. Yeah. And then they, yeah. it was another by 11 with four minutes to go or something, right? Just I like mean, a couple weeks ago. I mean, it was, it was yeah. But you 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 make a good point that they played much better in this one. I think that's a good 
that's a good point than they did against Detroit. It was just it's just the more of the same of not being able to close it out. And again, it was a a missed field goal by Joseph that kind of got momentum turned in the other direction, just like it was against Detroit, the one he had short against Detroit, and then this one wide right and wide right again right before the uh, right before uh, overtime, but. So they might have to might have to revisit the uh, the kicking now because I think he's what ten for he might be ten for fourteen now this year. Yeah, he can, you know, you got you, you know he can he can kick him from fifty three though. I, I, I don't know. Is it no? I I think they'll probably hang with him for a while because uh, the the miss the forty nine yarder kind of came out of nowhere yesterday that would have won the game. I. You know, I thought that one was far enough back he couldn't choke. <laughs> right, I did too. Yeah, but he ended up kind of uh, pushing that one too. I don't know. When you see this uh, Zerline, who's uh, later on in the day, that's uh, you know he's supposed to be terrific, and he he missed some of the ugliest ones I've ever seen. So uh, the guy that's kicking for Dallas, but uh, I don't know. I I I wouldn't get too Zim. Sam gets pretty excited about his kickers, but I think yes. I'd let the, I'd let this guy I'd ride with this guy a, a while longer because that leg is strong. I mean, he it, it's rarely distance that keeps him from making a fifty some yarder. But uh, I I thought, you know, what's what are the reviews on the left tackle uh, yesterday? Did we uh, like uh, Darisal? I, I think know. so. We we didn't. You know what? We didn't hear much about no. him, which generally for an offensive lineman is good, right? I mean, Carolina's got. Coming in, Carolina had statistically one of the best defenses in the league. Yes. The Vikings got like 500 and some yards. I mean, like you said, they were moving the ball up and down the field. It was only because of, you know, they, they gave the ball away in a short field with the Jefferson fumble in the first half. They had the block punt for the touchdown. Like it was Carolina was scoring their points in weird ways. Darnold was awful. You're right. He was, I mean, what did he finish? The, he still finished the day with less than 50% completion, which in this day yeah. and age is unheard of. But um, he did have about seven drops. But but did, I, I don't like, I mean, he's more athletic than I thought. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just everything they possibly, they're, you know what? They're a playoff team. They're good. I mean, they got a lot of good players. They and their defense is, is better. Their defense has improved. I mean, they're hurting. If, if Patrick Peterson did something yeah. serious to himself, they're hurting because Breland still stinks. And uh Dantzler is uh unreliable. So the corners could be a problem when they come back out because the schedule is really tough here for three weeks. But uh uh, I, I, you know, offensively when Delvin cook plays, we got to see the difference between Delvin cook and, uh, Alexander Madison yesterday. I mean, Alexander Madison, a nice hard worker who plows in there and makes six yards, but Delvin cook makes 20, uh, you know, when he, when he does play and, uh, you know, it's Robert Smith. It's not exactly Robert Smith versus Leroy Horde, but it's similar. <laughs> so, uh, you know, right. as far as, uh, you know, which, which guy, when he's running the ball and uh, when Dalvin cook plays and now they found their third receiver, this KG Osborne, I mean, they're loaded. They don't throw to their tight ends at all, but that's okay. I mean, they can throw one to Conklin once in a while, but teams aren't, there's only a few teams throw to the tight ends more much anymore. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're good. I, I think they have, they have, 
they have talent and there's with seven teams available in the NFC, there's no excuse for this team not to be in the playoffs. I, I just, I, I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way to win one out of the three coming out of the break. But after that, it's a run. I mean, after that, the schedule really gets soft and uh, they're, they're going to win a lot of games the uh, last eight weeks of the season. I think if they stay healthy and cousins, you know, Cousins, I said when the year started, top 12 quarterback, uh, people were, I think, right here. People were kind of shaking their heads. Top 10 now, I'd say. I mean, I'm not putting him in the the very elite group, but, uh, you know, you can win with him. There's And he was good yesterday. So, oh, yeah, and, yeah. you know, the other thing, uh, Mike, What's rolling that? him out of the pocket. Uh, yes. Don't let the don't let the pass rush get to him. That's one thing they did. When, when he's standing in the in the middle of the, if when he's standing there stationary, they he doesn't handle the pressure that great. But uh, when he rolls out and gets a peek, look at stuff, he's he's pretty good. Nice throw to Osborne to win the game. I, I you know, he was good again yesterday. So well, he's, he's led not, like. Well, go ahead. He's not a problem. Is what I'm saying. He's no. He's. he's these people thought he was a the the uh, detriment to winning. I don't see it that way at all. No, I mean they've needed him this year. He's he's led like when you think about it, go back week one, he had the drive that you know should have you know could have won the game in overtime. He got got him to overtime and then got him down the field before Cook fumbled. You know, week two got him into field goal range before Joseph missed, you know, right at the end, had a really good game there, you know, beat Seattle. Um, then he had the you know the drive that you know, could you know drive the head to bail them out against Detroit? The drive that could have won in regulation yesterday, and the drive that won in overtime. I mean, he's been pretty. If the, if the knock on him is that he's not clutch, he's he's definitely disproven that this year. I think that the amazing thing that you were, I think, alluding to at the beginning too of the of of the show here with you know how close these games are. I think the amazing thing is how fast you can score now at the end. Like how oh, little yeah. how little time you need, even just to get into field goal range, and how you know. With kickers having these legs that, you know, they're not automatic, but 55 is not some kind of pipe dream field goal anymore. It's it's amazing how, you know, it's amazing how fast it can happen where a game can turn. And it used to feel like before, like, you know, when you watch football 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was like if there was a if there was a two score game with four minutes left, it was kind of out of reach. And it's not the case anymore. No, and we talked about it last week. Is you if you get the ball, if you're kicking off with 40 seconds to go, and uh, you know it's a tie game, or you're leading by two, or something like that, or you know you, you know, or three, if you're only a field goal ahead, you cannot play any form of prevent defense. You right. have got to play your normal defense. You can't let them make if they get the ball at the you know, the most, okay, 25. Well, like, if you let them throw two 20-yard passes, they're going to kick a field goal and tie the game or win the game. You can't let them throw two 20. You have to play the same defense that got you to that situation. Now, Carolina hadn't been containing them at all, but Detroit did. The one in that hole, as you, as you went through the litany of games, the one game that remains unexplainable is Detroit because they stunk and they – did not move the ball and they had uh, no points. You know, I mean, they had, I mean, the Cleveland, they just got outplayed by a better team and were very inefficient offensively. 
But against Detroit, it, the fact that they had put up so few points is unexplainable. Uh, uh, that that game, as as far as I'm concerned, so yeah. But but they're good. They're, they got talent, man. They got players, and uh, and Kubiak, uh, I thought, uh, had a good day yesterday. I thought that you know that they 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 the, the Detroit game was a good lesson for these guys that they got to try to do something offensively. You can't just go out there. and you know, play it like uh, Eden Prairie against uh, Adina these days or something and just smack the hell out of them. You have to, uh, you know, you you have to try to do something. And they, they were good and they, they can, you know, Zim knows, Zim can go to the ranch for four or five days knowing that uh, he's going to have a job when he comes back. So Yes, that's the big thing. I mean, we were, you know, and again, these games were close enough that that was not, uh, not assured. And it's, you know, it's, they probably, you know, maybe this will be our final Vikings thought when we transition to the Gophers. But, you know, after everything that happened in these six games, I mean, just like there's there's been no let up in these six games. Three and three is probably about what they deserve based on everything that's yes. happened, the close games, everything that's happened. And that's, uh, you know, they just kind of have to live with the uh, live with some of the what ifs, but also know that they, they kind of got away with at least one, if not a couple that that they really could have got away from them. So. You know, they'll, they'll come back. That's They're true. three and three. They've got that tough stretch and that'll really define their season. Watching Zim on the sidelines. He knows his job was in jeopardy the last two weeks. The yeah. anxiety, the yes. anxiety you see from him on the yes. sideline at these games, that is a different body language. And he knows that it, you know, if they, if they had somehow managed to, lose those two games. He knows he wasn't going to make it out of bye week. I don't care what anybody says. So yeah. anyway, that's yeah. my theory. I agree. I agree. But Patrick, for as, for as good, you know, as, as good as the win probably feels for the Vikings, was it a culture win? <laughs> I, I don't know. It was, uh, you know, I really thought that, uh, yeah, I get along with Jerry Kill. I can call him up. I can talk to him. Maybe he's fine. But he was incredibly thin-skinned. Oh, yeah. And he might have gotten trumped. He might have gotten trumped in the thin-skinned department with our ranting little uh, winning coach. Apparently, uh, they, they, this all goes back to, and you're going to play it for us, this all goes back to, what Scott Frost had to say about uh, sloganeering at the Big Ten Media Day. But I somebody told me that he was like nuts with Justin Gard after the game ended to uh, the postgame interview was like he was I don't know if he was challenging Justin Gard or what was going on. But I, I got a bunch of tweets about the postgame interview that on the field that was nuts, too. So I don't know. But. You know, he's four and one against Nebraska. So uh, you, can't, you can't complain about the, the the way they played on Saturday. That's for no. sure. Let's play the original Scott Frost quote. We, we, we should Go probably ahead. set it up a little more. His He said uh, in his postgame interview, people, somebody, a friend of mine counted it, you know, sent me eight. He used the word culture 18 times, yes. <laughs> seven, 18 times in 17 minutes. And including, he came in and said, this was a victory for culture over skill. And he also said that uh, he ended up by saying culture, culture, culture. 
Yes, so, let's let's play the uh, let's play the fl- we'll play the Fleck clip first, and then uh, then then it's the Scott Frost clip that I believe Fleck was more or less referring to, and this was uh, Scott Frost during Big Ten Media Day. So here's those two clips back to back. That was truly culture versus skill. And that's what I saw today. Whatever anybody else wants to say about us or our program or our culture, feel free. We've been called every name in the book, but uh, culture versus skill. On paper, I mean, we've been underdogs the last few weeks. Our guys don't listen to all that stuff. Our culture keeps everything really tight. They believe in it. They live it academically, athletically, socially, spiritually, and everybody's held to a high standard. I'm not into sloganeering. Um, If the players need me to motivate them or all the time or come up with a unique slogan to get them to play harder, I probably don't have the right players. I played for a coach at, at Nebraska and Coach Osborne that he didn't need all the sayings and slogans. He just taught us the right way to do things, and we went to work. Um, that's what we need in our program. So it's a fun little rivalry, right? I mean, it's nice to have yeah. a rival with someone other than, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa. Iowa. Um, yeah. Nebraska just can't get out of their own way. I mean, they were – it was funny because I, I, I had to find that clip for, of, of Frost from – you know, from Big Ten Media Day, so I had to kind of go back and, and look at all, listen listen to all of what he had to say and find that, uh, find exactly when he, he said it. But he got asked earlier in that session, you know, is this the, is this the best team you've had at Nebraska? He's like, well, you know, I don't know about that, but I'm definitely the, definitely the most excited I've been about a team. And, you know, this is another team where they just can't, they can't put it together. They, you know, they, they constantly shot themselves in the foot. Like they couldn't get in from two inches away on the goal line of the day because their, their yeah. big back stumbles down and, you know, yeah. the quarterback had stopped at the goal line, but you know, a lot of credit to the Gophers, but, but man, you can, you can see where, uh, where Nebraska fans would be frustrated right now too. Uh, and uh, the, uh, I, I think they're going to wean, I think they got to wean themselves off Martinez as, as their quarterback. Uh, these guys throw more ducks than, uh, I mean, they're, they're not, this kid's a better thrower than his brother who was the worst, but uh, I, I think there's something, but he is, you know, 15 and 25 at Nebraska. Now, Trev Albert's their new AD, and he's only been there since the summer. Or he hasn't been there very long. I'm guessing he, and at the at the prices that they're paying Frost, I'm guessing that Frost gets another year. But I was downtown on Friday talking to Nebraska people, and they're saying, oh, we're getting better, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you're 15 and 25 at Nebraska, and you're, <laughs> and you're you're making excuses. What happened to you? I I was down there when I, when Oklahoma kicked your ass in the late '80s when they, you were number one and they were number two, and it was like fire everybody, get rid of everybody, and now you're now you're 15 and 25. What happened? But uh, I I you know the Gophers like the Vikings are pretty good they have a you know when when morgan is you know playing like he did in the first half and my ottman bell is a big time receiver when he's healthy and of course pj wants to hit the injury angle they certainly haven't had more injuries than other teams have had i mean they got to play purdue without bell right and purdue with bell bell catches a 200 yards of passes against iowa and they upset them but uh you know, Gophers have talent. Somehow they had the blip on the schedule, the Bowling Green thing. But uh, I, I don't know what 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 was the. Uh, I mean, did, I thought he was 
you know, I, I obviously don't like the guy because I think he's full of BS up to his eyebrows, but uh, Fleck, but what, this was a, this was a rant of weird proportions, don't you think, on Saturday? I do. And, it, you know, it's, you know, an, another opportunity to emphasize the things he emphasizes in the program, probably. And you know, he, 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 he takes it. He does. He, tr- he takes exception to any slight of the culture that, 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 you know, whatever, whatever he thinks of as the culture he's trying to develop there. And, it, but yeah, to, to reference something that happened three months ago, instead of focusing solely on the win itself was, I thought it was, it was, it was definitely strange as long as that's what he was doing. But, you know, it, the, I get the bigger, the bigger picture, man, is like the, you're, you're right. I think they are pretty good. And, you know, with whatever happened to Iowa, I watched the end of that game, man. They're, they're, the quarterback just, it's like they got the ball back just enough so he could keep throwing interceptions. They lost three, three in four minutes, right? He had yeah. three in the last four yeah, minutes. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, like the Big Ten West is just even more open than we thought it was. Iowa's three and one. Gophers are two and one. Purdue's two and one. Um, you got you got Maryland. You can't. You know they're terrible. They give up fifty points a game, and then you don't play anybody good until you know what. If you got to go to Iowa and you got to play Wisconsin here, and Wisconsin's you know not great. Doesn't doesn't steamroll Army for goodness sake. So right. yeah, it's after. After the fiasco of Bowling Green, there's a good chance they're paying, playing for the uh, playing Iowa for the Big Ten West title. You know, well, you know, because they, I think that you know they already got a tiebreaker over Purdue. If Purdue turns yeah. out, they already got a tiebreaker. Northwestern's awful. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's you look, they're going to be favored at least four straight games, right? They're going to be favored the next four games, I believe. So. Next three, at least. Yeah, I'm trying to think who. Like, um, trying to remember exactly who they have well, in that stretch, but over ten against Maryland, won't they? Ten or twelve points? Yeah, I, I would think so. I think they. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be an easy one, or it should be an easy one. I mean, nothing's. Yeah, Maryland at home, Northwestern on the road, Illinois at home. They should be favored yeah. easily in all of those. And then after that, it's at Iowa. So it's you know you you get those yeah. three, and then then you go to Iowa. So. If you can, you know, if you can, you know, again, this is college football. Anything can happen. If you can win all of those three, and I think you're right, they should be favored in all those three. Although they were four point underdogs at home against Nebraska, so you know, it opened at two and a half and it went up. So yeah. uh, people, you know, were excited about. I mean, the by betters, everybody were excited about Nebraska's narrow losses. So yes, and their um, talent over culture too. They, uh, they were excited about the talent lost, over culture. Yeah talent over culture and by the way this team lost to illinois to start the season yeah. illinois had won one game since against the fcs team they're terrible so uh yeah it's uh you know one thing fun about college football this year though it's it's it hasn't been nearly as predictable uh no that's Clinton true has lost a couple alabama did get beat i mean alabama still got the superior talent and everything but all around the country there's weird stuff do you realize Arizona has lost 16 in a row or Colorado beat them 30 to nothing yeah. or something? Yeah. Awful. The Washington state coach is going to 
get lose his job because he won't take a vaccine. And uh, I, my guy, Ed Orgeron's already been fired at LSU at the end of the season. And uh, a lot of uh, weird, strange uh, things happening in college football uh, already this year. So uh, that's it's kind of nice that it's not as predictable as it usually is. So. I agree. Let's uh, <clears throat> Let's hit a few things here at the end, including – our guy Eddie Rosario, who you know, I, I, uh, I, when among a friend group of mine, I've, I've expressed the opinion that I miss Eddie Rosario. Like intellectually, I know why the Twins had to let, let him go. I know why you don't pay someone with those numbers. What you know, what he was maybe going to make this year, but that, what he, what he can bring on a big stage was, was again on on display uh, Sunday for Atlanta. I mean, he's just a, a guy who, you know, for better, or for worse, will, will, will make something happen in, uh, in these big moments. And he did it again on Sunday. Yes. And intellectually there's, you know, there's really not a big difference between a big moment and a small moment for Eddie because you know, it's, it's <laughs> right, all the right. same. He's, <laughs> right. he's not sitting there thinking about stuff. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, he's got a, a method of base running that, uh, for us old timers reminds us of disco Danny Ford, you know, that he just, you know, this is going to come out anywhere. And for all the stuff he did yesterday, the four hits and the whole thing, if you're a twins fan of the Eddie era, the tag up on first run on the second, you're two runs down in the eighth, <laughs> you, you lead off with a base hit. Uh, they hit a routine fly ball to left field, not even deep. You're at first, you tag up and go to second. It's, it's a completely nonsensical place because right. you get the second is like, okay, you can maybe score a run on a single, but so what you're sitting here, you, we want you still on the bases. So if somebody hits a home run, the game's tied. Exactly. Right? So we watch and he takes off and he's second. And I'm, you know, as many ends up winning the game. And I'm sitting at home last night chuckling about him. And I said, okay, Paul Molitor is a former ball player. He'll still be awake. So I texted right. him. I said, what'd you think of our guy, Eddie? And, you know, not figured there was probably a 20% chance he'd say amazing or something like that, pure Eddie. Well, he, he texted a nice long answer back to me. And the best part of it was, uh, he said, uh, Eddie's risk reward computations are different than everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. It's about, he, it. it's about right, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And he also says he took off and it all turned up rosy. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, it's in my Twitter account. If people want to, I, I read the, the whole thing, but he, he also said it was a play where the play's in front of you, yeah. So, running with your head up, you can turn, you know, if you get half, if you get 40 feet and see that okay, the throw's going to be online, you can turn around and go back. So, uh, you know, he said, and this, by the way, this monitor is the the main reason a he managed him, but b he's the best rate base runner right. of all time, you know. I mean. Tom Kelly used to call him the human clinic, you know, when he ran the bases. So it was, I, I, I knew that he would have an observation on Eddie. There's a famous story about 
Rob Wilfong way back when the twins doing that. And then he got traded to the angels and he did that something like that. He, he tagged up, tried to go to second and in an angels game and, and he got thrown out and then Reggie Jackson didn't get in the bat, you know, like it, it, he tagged up to go to second and Mott didn't play him for three weeks. And he just turned around about twice a game, look at him and shake his head. <laughs> you know, he would still <laughs> wants to me that. So, I mean, Eddie, it was a, it was a very, that was one of those games that you can put up with the length of because it was, uh, you know, it was a battle, but Mike, 356 again yesterday. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I talked to uh, Falby uh, and then I, I did a piece on Sunday, but I'm seeing these quotes about the Giants and how they went about hitting. And, but we have, there is no chance that baseball is going to solve this time of game problem when you, talk to people about all that goes into figuring out each pitch and then all that goes into figure now for hitters who are sitting, who are not swinging the bat unless they can drive it, you know, unless they can drive it, which is the giant's whole philosophy. I mean, when he gets two strikes, you got to try to do something, but you know, it, 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 every pitch is a, is a, you know, a thought out strategized thing that goes back to your team meeting, you know, before the game, when you spend an hour looking at this stuff and every, every swing is treasured as though, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, the game, they got no chance to change the time of game. I mean, it, it won't be as bad as it is in the postseason because you won't use quite as many re relievers, but it's never going to, it's not going to change with the, you know, for want of a better word, with the, in the analytic era, it's not going to change. I agree. I agree. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the post, I think the postseason has been watchable, a lot of, a lot of good drama, but you're right. And it, 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 it bothers me less in the postseason, the regular season games that last that long. Yeah. It's just, I mean, you get so many of them and, you know, there's so much less at stake, but yeah, I think you're, it's a great point because, it's like it's become this kind of science of the science of hitting the science of baseball yeah. and everything, you know, is, is magnified on the, on the individual pitch level. Whereas before it was more just, we've, you know, throw the ball, hit the a, ball. We've come a long way from, I was just saying this from Gaetti and Herbeck drinking wild Turkey in the back of the clubhouse after a game saying, see the ball, hit the ball. There's a, <laughs> there's a famous there's a famous story of them being in New York or one of those hotels. And Jimmy Wiesner was this clubhouse guy, famous with the players, big buddy of the players, drank with the players. And, and Herbeck and a couple of guys are trying to get Jimmy to go into his room. And they're kind of escorting, pushing him into the room at two in the morning. And he's saying, bellowing out, see the ball, hit the ball. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was it. Those days are over. That's for yeah, sure. they are. See the ball hit the ball is all over. So, let's really quick. Um, wild two and zero already, and they come home now. Home up, they're they good. are good. I think they're a good team. And I was, as you know, long as that goalie is as good as he was last year, Talbot, they're going to be fine. And he's been good this so far. They pulled yeah. the one out in Anaheim. With seven seconds left on the Felino goal. And yeah, 
more solid effort to, you know, start to finish against the Kings got a little close at the end, but three, two, and then they come home this week for their home opener wolves open uh, Wednesday against the Rockets. Got a little buzz on that team too. I'm, I'm interested to see about what, what they can accomplish this year. Top 10. They're going to be, they're going to get into these. I, I don't play think in. you're considered a play in team. Uh, uh, you don't, you're not considered a playoff team unless you win in the play in tournament. Right? Correct. Yeah, you got to be top but eight to be a playoff team. They've made that. They're going to be. They're going to be seven, eight, nine, or ten. They're going to okay. be in it. They're going to be they're that good. Be, I like. I like them. They're deep. Edwards is going to be a monster. Yeah. Uh, Cats. Uh, you know, Cat will be a good supporting player for Edwards. Don't tell Cat that. But he'll be <laughs> a good supporting player for Edwards. Uh, they're deep. I mean, they, I like. I like Dazreed, and uh, you know, they're going to Beasley not having to wonder what he's going to jail will be a, a, a benefit that guy can shoot. And um, it, a lot of it depends on Russell, but uh, you know, are we, we're, we're not going to do the Russell off the bench thing. Right. I mean, no, Russell, he started. Yeah. That was, that was the last starting. year. That was the last year thing. Yeah. He's got to start. So uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it depends on him trying to guard somebody and, and, you know, not, you know, the, uh, not let some obscure other guard go for 40 by just driving down a lane. But, uh, but I, you know, they got some, they got, they got players. I think they're, uh, they got rid of Culver. They don't have to give him any minutes because he couldn't make a shot to be no. saved life. And, uh, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're closer than they've been since, uh, Tibbs won good season. So I, I, yeah, I think they're, yeah, I think they're, they're going to, be push 500 i think i really do I, I i like the talent i like the depth they got guys they can use off the bench one of his problems is you know these teams have to get used to the idea the players have to get used to the idea that you know almost tibs like some of these guys are going to sit for three weeks and then yeah. then they might end up playing then all of a sudden you might somebody might twist an ankle and you get a run but you got to sit there and be uh, ready to play when they when you're you're not in the top nine, but somebody gets hurt, then you get to play. So I, I, I like, I think they're going to be, I mean, I don't like them in the sense that they're a threat or anything, but no. I like, I like them to be competitive. So you like 35 to 40 wins, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, let's make it 39 and 43, which will be good enough to get in the top 10. How about that? Pick the over on the over under with the wolves at your peril. I've talked about that on this show before. Yes, right. 14 of the last 17 years, they've uh, uh, they've missed the, the over, under, Patrick. Huh? They they missed the over? Yeah, 14 of the last 17 years. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, this is a number that puts in to they're very aggressive with their over and under numbers as far as the, if you're bad, they will oh, give yeah. you all over and under numbers so this is not like baseball where even if you stink they got you at 63 or something right. like that right they'll give you a 22 or something like that as you're over yeah. and under yeah oh yeah yeah it's not like yeah exactly it's like if you're really bad yeah they'll be like it's like a couple of years they hit it too it was like they had 23 and the over under number was like 20 or something like that so you know it's like by that. the way yeah by the way i was in milwaukee last week 
they aren't they are being very humble about winning the championship also let me say that the side of the building is they're they're very they're being very we would if we win the nba title we wouldn't be that that pompous about it would we we're humble folks over here we're not like those wisconsinites oh favorite if they ever win anything at that uh, in that <laughs> building, it'll be a it'll be a a parade every day, not just uh, not just once. Well, oh, but God help us, God help us. I, I I just declared this a positive Pat week on Twitter, so I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> but week. you get, we got the guy looking for uh, Laura's looking for three. Uh, what what's he like three? Uh, Culture change, not not cultures, not oh, authority. Yeah. What are three? Lori's yeah, he's got the three the three kind of buzzwords, the three the yeah yeah have. the three uh, the three mottos that they yeah. live by. But now we got this Gupta trying to fit into that crap, saying he's talking about servant leadership. We don't want servant leadership, you moron. We want somebody to get some players and figure out what the hell they're doing. Servant leadership. Ugh. Let me throw up, will you? That's a good. Tra- that's a good transition point to. Uh, I'm hoping to have him on the show later this week. Well, <laughs> hopefully, they're, hopefully, they're not listening right now. Tell Just him kidding. stop giving us these horrible cliches that he doesn't believe in, but he thinks he's kissing the butt of Mark Lore. Okay, maybe I'll lead with that. I'll, I won't even back into it. I'll just first question: <laughs> Why? What is Hit this him all in about? The forehead. What kind of a bunch <laughs> of BS is this, Gupta? <laughs> I'll do it, Patrick. We'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.